You're listening to The Sick Room Show, episode number two. In this episode, I'll share with you how you can finally stop overthinking and start doing. Welcome to The Sick Room Show. I'm your host, Sick Room, creator of Somba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time, but you can get there faster with the right strategies. I share with you proven strategies on how to build a profitable online business from your passion. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. In this second episode, I talk about fear and how it holds us back from achieving our dreams, why it is holding us back and how you can overcome your fears. Get the exact steps on how to turn your passion into profits and the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash two. I'll admit it, I'm a perfectionist. Just getting this podcast going has been a huge perfectionism struggle. On one hand, it's great because I always deliver high quality work and over deliver. On the other hand, it's a drag because I procrastinate and don't create as much or as fast as I could. Elizabeth Gilbert says that perfectionism is just fear in really good shoes. I must agree. And that's exactly it. Perfectionism is just fear, a four-letter word. In today's show, I'm going to share with you what I've done to overcome my fear and perfectionism. Growing up, my perfectionism wasn't a drag. It was actually a very positive trait that benefited me in school and helped me get good grades from the day I started school until I graduated from high school. It wasn't until I went to university that I noticed that my perfectionism wasn't such a positive trait. I felt I had to read every single book and every single chapter and every single word in order to succeed. And maybe you knew this already, but you don't have to read everything in university to achieve good grades. My sister was the one who taught me that it is enough to read the intro and the summary of most school books and only if you need a better clarification, you can dive deeper into the chapter. My sister doesn't enjoy reading as much as I do, and I figured out how she could, with less effort, achieve good grades, too. I couldn't believe it. You didn't have to read the whole book. When I did my executive MBA at London Business School, I applied this strategy to the fullest as I had a full-time job and very little time for my studies. I don't think I read a single book to the end, only bits and pieces. And some books I didn't even open up. And still, I achieved superb grades. It was an internal struggle not to do things perfectly, which means read all the books. But something had to give so I could do my job and study at the same time. I had to make compromises and the strategy worked out perfectly. When I started my business, the perfectionism kicked in again. This time, 
my name was on the line. And the perfectionism that I thought I had gotten rid of by being a CEO was back, full force. I thought I needed a cool logo, beautiful website, great offerings. The list goes on and on. For months, I worked on all of these things while also coming up with ton of great ideas for blog posts. One day, I realized I had nothing to show for all my work. The website wasn't accessible, no blog post had been fully written and published, and nobody knew what I was doing. I became extremely frustrated with myself. It also didn't help, or maybe actually it did, to see others who started on this entrepreneurial journey with me. They all had something to show for it, and I didn't. The funny thing is that everyone knows me as an action taker, but this time I was really struggling because I didn't think my business idea was perfect. I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to sell and how and to whom, and this was holding me back to say or do anything online. Out of my frustration, I took a decision. I gave myself two days to finish my website. I jumped into the deep pool, like we say in Iceland. I wrote my first blog post and finished my website in two days. The weird thing is that it's so easy once you decide to start. It is just like a single click in your head and then you're ready to go and do whatever you couldn't do before you made that decision. I know this and you know this and still we beat ourselves up and postpone things that seem so difficult from afar but are then so easy once you decide to tackle them. At some point I got frustrated enough with myself and finally realized what I actually needed to do was to write my first blog post and then everything else would follow. In hindsight, the hard part was not the actual writing, but the decision I made to accept that things will never be perfect and that anything I felt I needed to get done first was stopping me from taking the next step. It was like a huge weight has been lifted off my chest and I already got excited about my next blog post. I just wrote about what was on my mind and I didn't worry about if it was the perfect topic or if it would lead me to the perfect business idea. I just wrote about whatever I felt I needed to write about. When I look back and think about the jobs, studies and projects I've taken on in my life, for most of them, I've jumped into the deep pool and it has always worked out. The big difference I've noticed in working for myself is that critic in my head has much more leverage, and tries even harder to hold you back. I like calling it the lizard brain. By giving it that distasteful name, I feel more in control and can even imagine what it looks like. This voice that tells you all kinds of bullshits to keep you from doing what you are meant to do. The purpose of fear is to protect us from danger, but 99% of the time we're not really in any danger. So why are we afraid? Well, we have this so-called lizard brain, a term coined by Seth Godin. The lizard brain is a physical part of your brain, the prehistoric lump near the brainstem, that is responsible for fear and rage and even reproductive drive. So here's my theory on the lizard brain. In the cave days, when we had to hunt for food, 
the lizard brain had a real function. When we experienced fear, we were actually 99% of the time in real danger. In modern times, the lizard brain doesn't need to protect us from danger. And instead, it's become this negative voice in our head. This is the voice that tells us to stay in bed when we know we should get up. This is the voice that makes us procrastinate on our projects again and again. This is the voice that makes us concerned about our abilities and credentials. This is the voice that pulls us back when we know we should actually push through. This is the voice that makes us stick to old habits instead of learning new ones. This is the voice that tells us we are not good enough for anything. This is basically the voice that stops us from following our dreams. So how can we gain control over this voice? I have come up with a recipe that I suggest you try out too. It has worked for me. The first step is to realize that this is not your brain speaking. It's the lizard brain. The second step is to start to recognize what it's really saying. I recommend you doing the following exercise for one week. Put a timer on your phone on top of every second hour of the day. And when it rings, then you immediately write down in a notebook or record a voice memo on your phone what the lizard brain is telling you in that exact moment. You will not remember later on what it's saying, so it's crucial you use the timer and write down the negative thoughts instantly. Doing this for one week is extremely powerful. You start to see a pattern, and it's a scary pattern. The lizard brain is a mean machine that does more harm than any outside influences can ever do to you. What you will notice doing this exercise is that the lizard brain becomes a bit more quiet. It notices that you're listening and will become less aggressive if you follow through on this exercise. The third step is to start to ignore the lizard brain. You can start with simple tasks like getting up earlier in the morning or pushing through on a project today that the lizard brain wants you to do tomorrow. Doing this a number of times takes power away from the lizard brain and you start to hear less of the negative voice. This empowers you to step up your game and work on new habits and feel better about yourself. The fourth step is facing your fears. When you want to follow your dreams, the lizard brain will put into fifth gear and try anything to hold you back. It will show its ugly face and wiggle its horrific tail in order to keep you in your spot. Now it's time for you to pull yourself together and show courage. The more fear you feel, the more right your dream is and the more important it is for you to follow through. The fifth step is to know that the lizard brain is not going anywhere. It is here to stay and it's up to you to learn how to live with it without letting it stop you. My first blog post was called Why Start Before You Are Ready Is The Only Way. And that's exactly it. Things are never going to be perfect. The timing is never right. You'll never have all the resources you want. And you'll never have all the skills you think you need. And still, if you want to something badly enough, you'll still be able to push through and just do it. Building a profitable online business takes time, but you can get there faster with the right strategies. Get the exact steps on how to turn your passion into profits and the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash two.
Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If yes, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes so more people can enjoy the show. See you in the next episode.